Hello, quick disclaimer for everybody. This episode was recorded on Sunday night, just a few hours after this decision was announced. I'm putting this disclaimer out because a lot of statements have been made uh, between when we recorded and when this podcast is coming out. So, for example, I mentioned how Bayern hasn't released a club statement. That obviously isn't true. On Monday, Bayern released a club statement. So, understand that some of the statements and some of the circumstances have changed uh, because a lot of things have been revealed ever since the announcement happened and when we recorded this to what we do know now. So with that in mind, here's the episode. Breaking news into the Bavarian Podcast Works News Center. 12 clubs have broken off to form their own independent league. Uh, 12 of the biggest clubs in Europe. They are AC Milan, Inter Milan, Juventus, Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid, and Barcelona. And then six teams from England being both of the Manchester clubs, City and United, Liverpool, Arsenal, Tottenham, and Chelsea. They're breaking off to form their own competition, which initially was going to be something that ran concurrently, but thanks to recent uh, handed-down rulings from UEFA and also from FIFA, those teams, if they go through with this, will be banned from any domestic, European, and international competitions, and that also includes any players that choose to play for those teams. So that would basically eliminate all of them from playing in their own national competitions. So it's a big story. It's going to generate a lot of reactions. I'm joined by Tom Adams, and we're going to go through this as cleanly as we possibly can. We will try our best because there. this is a very emotional thing. It's very annoying and we both have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, so before I go on my rant, I want Tom to start with his thoughts. Yeah, I mean, Jake, especially after the weekend that we've had as Bayern Munich fans, it just, to get this news slapped on us today, dropped like a bomb. It was just, it's been a whirlwind of emotions for, I would say, the past 12 hours or so as this news was released and as we start to see, you know, small details trickle in from from multiple sources. But uh, as I said before we were starting this, Jake, especially as a Liverpool supporter, I'm kind of gut-wrenched right now, and I, I made the... The kind of the joking comment to you as I was watching uh, Manchester United versus Burnley today and then respectively Leicester City versus Southampton, the FA Cup semifinal, never have I ever wanted to have several pints with Gary Neville and Roy Keane as a Liverpool fan that I did now for the responses, you know, and the epic rants that they went on uh, doing their punditry for both BT Sport and Sky Sport after those respective matches because, I mean, this is just absolutely ridiculous and you know, sifting through social media for Bavarian Football Works for my own personal account uh, and my Facebook account, which has just is basically just littered with Liverpool and Bayern stuff. I've yet to see one person who's come out and said that they're happy with this or that they're excited about this or express any sort of positivity about this. 
I know you can probably um, attest the same, Jake, for, for your accounts as well and what you've seen, but it's been the exact opposite. Everyone is completely flabbergasted and torn by this, and especially as a Bayern Munich blog and a blog that also covers the Bundesliga, the German national team, a country where, uh, you know, in all of its leagues, 49% of the club has to be owned by the fans, you know, the 50 plus one rule. Yes, there are clubs that circumvent that, but the fan culture and what this means for the fans is just something that's the most heartbreaking to me, especially as a Liverpool fan and knowing what our fan base is like and knowing that that's 90% of the reason I was drawn to this club other than falling in love with Steven Gerrard when I was a, a younger kid playing myself and, and learning how to play the right way. And he was kind of the guy I always looked up to. But this, as I was mentioning to you before, I try, I'm a very open person I try to explore every possible scenario. I try to look for, you know, the reasons why someone is doing something instead of just looking at it from a surface level. But I just cannot for the life of me come up with any reason why the Super League has been formed other than money. I know I read on Sky Sports that they're, you know, paralleling the scenario that the European competition, right, the uh, Europa League as well as the Champions League, the financial hardships they've had, especially without the presence of fans uh, and traveling fans to respective venues. They were trying to say that that's something that's accelerated this process because we've known it's been on the back burners for a while. We didn't necessarily know that it was all of a sudden going to come now in the nature that it has with all of the uh, repercussions that it has, Jake, as you'll get into with the national teams and domestic cup competitions. But this, just going off of that, you know, thinking of some of my friends that I have in England, they're perhaps a little bit less off now but in the U.K., right, compared to us, Jake, in the U.S. The vaccine rollout isn't going as smoothly as possible there. They haven't been able to go places. I'm pretty sure pubs and a lot of things of that nature just opened up this past week in the U.K. Uh, and the E.U. respectively. They've been in lockdown for much, much longer than we have in the U.S. Uh, the situation's been pretty grim for them and. I know that all half of them want to do is get back to football matches once it's safe safe to do so. And, you know, for a lot of people, that's what their life is, right? Their football club and how much it means to them. And when I was reading the fact that they were kind of using the pandemic as a reason as to why the Super League was accelerated, it kind of just broke my heart because there's so many people that just want their clubs back, but they want absolutely nothing to do with with a league like this where it's a massive, massive money grab, right? It's just come out and said that JP Morgan is going to be uh, financing this with an upfront of 3.5 billion, Jake. That's billion with a B uh, euros to all of the uh, the 15 founders. Um, <laughs> I mean, <sighs> just kind of have to take that deep breath. I don't really know what more I can say about it other than I'm kind of ashamed um, and it'll be really interesting to see at the time we're recording Liverpool play Leeds United tomorrow. I guarantee pundits are going to ask Klopp and Bielsa about this question, and I really want to see what they have to say, and I'm very, very curious to see what some of the players are going to have to say because there's a lot of consequences for them as well and to none of their faults, which is another thing that really bothers me, but... I guess that's where I'll, I'll stop for now. I do have to collect some more data on this. I'm sure information is going to keep trickling out over the next 24 hours. But for now, it's leaving a very, very uh, empty feeling in my stomach, Jake. I feel physically sick. I feel legitimately physically sick. 
about all of this. Uh... I'm, I'm... I tried thinking, as Tom does as well, right? I also tried to think about what other possible motivation this could be. And I think it all still boils down to money, right? You want bigger TV contracts. You want more exposure for your clubs. It's related to money. You want a bigger cut of that TV revenue. Comes down to money. You don't want it distributed to other lower league clubs. Comes down to money. You're tired of being embarrassed in your own system, in your own home country, you leave for another league, comes down to money. When I initially heard about this this morning, my first thought was how sad I was about the games, right? How much the games lose their value, right? The value in a Chelsea versus Barcelona game in the Champions League or a Manchester United versus Paris, right? To rehash that rivalry. A Bayern versus Bar uh, versus a Real Madrid, right? They're fun competitions because there are rivalries, but they're rare. The rarity is one of the better parts of it. I don't always get to see Bar Bayern kick the crap out of Real Madrid. And when it happens, I love it. And I love that it doesn't happen all the time and it doesn't happen every year that they play each other. I like the rarity of it. What I hate is what this really is. What this really is is these 12 teams have broken off and they've formed what amounts to a cartel. They're going to hoard all the money they're going to hoard a massive TV contract split among all of them. They're going to hoard all the best players in the world, and they're going to keep them there at those clubs. And it's going to hurt fans of smaller clubs in the end. But for the immediate effect, it affects three things. It affects domestic competitions it affects um, uh, European competitions and affects international competitions so the big question for me is when does this ban kick in because if it kicks in immediately Leicester City are your English Premier League champions if it kicks in right now, Leicester City are your English champions, right? If if I'm talking about like a total points deduction, a total ban, which I still think is very possible from the FA, I can easily see that the English FA is going to knock massive points off of everybody that's going to break off of this, right? So I can very, very, very easily see Manchester City being stripped of their title this year, which is unfair because they deserve it. They were the best team in the season this year. Um... Tom, who won the FA Cup game earlier today? I forget. Leicester City beat Leicester Southampton. Leicester City, congratulations. Yep. You yeah, won the double. 
you're going to win the FA Cup too because you're playing Chelsea and Chelsea would get eliminated, right? Barcelona just won the Copa del Rey. The top three teams in Spain right now are Atleti, Barcelona, and Real Madrid. Not in that particular order, but you get my point. We were very happy that Inter Milan was finally going to break Juventus's streak, but that's probably over. And I'm not exactly sure where the Coppa Italia stands. Um, but, Tom, what we've seen is a lot of pundits, especially in England, especially three people that I've seen. Roy Keane, Jamie Carragher, and Gary Neville who not only have lambasted this system, but they've also come out and shamed their clubs publicly. You are a Liverpool fan. You are directly affected by this. From what I remember you saying, winning the Premier League meant more to you than winning the Champions League. So how do you feel about this, specifically from the standpoint of being a Liverpool fan? Yeah, from that standpoint, and... You're right. You know, I had experienced the Champions League win in 2005. Istanbul, it's one of the most famous, came from behind a 3-0 down to beat AC Milan, 3-3 on penalties. Uh, But yes, you know, the 30-year wait in my lifetime, Liverpool had never won the Premier League. Um, At the peak of my Liverpool supporting career, we had come close uh, in 2008, 2009, and then again uh, in 2014, you know, the famous Steven Gerrard slip versus Chelsea. So that was heartbreaking. Um, you know, as much as we had uh, ups and downs during the Brendan Rodgers era. Uh, So despite not having fans packed at Anfield and, you know, for the remaining fixtures after Project Restart, after having to break for coronavirus, winning the league for the first time in 30 years meant so much to me and so much to fans of Liverpool and anyone around the world who had anything to do or had any attachment to the club. So... So this news definitely, I just, in my mind, I can't picture, you know, your Trent Alexander-Arnold, someone who's Liverpool born and breast. I cannot picture someone like him being okay with this and just sitting down and taking it and not being vociferous. Yes, I get that, you know, they can't speak out on behalf of the club because they they could probably face consequences from the the front office, but I, I just, I can't see how someone like him would be okay with with something like this and as I mentioned before yes there might be details I don't know about um Jake I had even asked you the question before is like maybe there's something behind the scenes in the ECA or UEFA that we don't know about that's playing into this but at this point we don't know that so we can't we can't comment on it we don't have anything right that would just be anecdotal um you know and I've heard people bring up the fact that uh, Karl-Heinz Rummenigge was was kind of involved in the planning for the Super League, but it was years ago, and I don't know if he had this same vision that wound up coming out today, and I don't think he intended for it to be like this, and obviously uh, Borussia Dortmund and Bayern Munich were both invited um, and have yet to uh, say yes that they would join the league, so, but for the Premier League, I know that the league as a whole is very, very guilty of uh, being, you know, a, a cash cow and going after the the big revenue opportunities, and this just kind of uh, reinforces that fact for a lot of people, uh, right? That do not support the Premier League, especially a lot of uh, Bayern's fan base and you know Bundesliga fans. You know, we have this uh, discussion about you know the Premier League is overrated and and all that kind of stuff. But as a fan of both leagues, I can even say the Premier League is one hundred percent guilty of uh, of this and. 
you know, it's something that a lot of Premier League fans would just have to overlook based on our love for our clubs. Um, so moving forward, I mean, just thinking, you know, of all the stories, I just, especially with uh, all of Liverpool's European campaigns and Klopp has come along, just some of the stories from, you know, social media accounts, you know, I, I guess you, would, you could call them social media vloggers, uh, Liverpool fans, some of the crazy experiences they've had, uh, you know, away nights, European away nights, that's part of the allure of the competition, you know, going away to somewhere in Eastern Europe or somewhere in Spain, a uh, lot of history for Liverpool in the city of Rome in Italy, uh, and then I'll never forget the story about all of the Liverpool fans being locked in the away end at the Stadio Olimpico for about three or four hours just constantly singing songs um, until they were let out of the stadium. Uh, the funds that uh, Liverpool's players, Liverpool supporters, had raised for Sean Cox, uh, who had unfortunately, unfortunately been attacked by Roma fans outside of Anfield uh, in the first leg, and uh, the amount of money that Liverpool fans and Liverpool have been able to raise to ensure that he's uh, being taken care of and recovering properly and you know getting his life back so to speak is just absolutely amazing so uh, just to to conclude this is, as a Liverpool fan it hurts uh, it's a very difficult period you know I'm not one person who would ever betray Liverpool but I think our fans are going to band together make their voice heard and I'll be very proud of that when when they do the second thing that this affects is continental competition it devalues the Champions League aggressively if you don't have these 12 teams in it. Granted, two of them were not going to get into it anyways, right? They were both barely going to qualify for Europe in Tottenham and Arsenal, which I want to just make fun of them for a second. Tottenham have not won a title since 1991. They have not won the league since 1961, Arsenal have not won the league since 2004, and they haven't qualified for a Champions League since 2017. How the heck do they get into this? Like, I understand that they're financially big, they're well-supported, I guess, but if we are talking about the best-performing teams, how do they get into this? Well, Jake, we can't forget they won the Audi Cup in the preseason tour against I'm sorry, they forgot the Audi the Cup. The prestigious trophy. They forgot the Audi Cup. How, how is it that... Two teams that got trounced by Bayern are allowed to do this, right? 10-2 against Arsenal, 7-2 against Tottenham in their brand new stadium, right? That, those are the two teams that are going off, right? But that's not what's important. What's important is who is going to take their places because what we have heard is a bad rumor. It is not a good rumor. It is a false rumor, a rumor that said that they canceled the Europa League and the Champions League games or at least postponed them. That is not true. If they decide to eventually do that, Paris Saint-Germain wins the Champions League by default. It's their first title ever, and in that case, congratulations to them. In terms of who qualifies from each of those leagues, in Spain, the top three spots are Atleti, Barcelona, Real. Again, I said that earlier, but not in any particular order. Which means that positions 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10 are all going to get European spots. So who are they? Sevilla, Villarreal, Real Betis, and Real Sociedad are all going to the Champions League. 
Real Betty. We're getting both of the Seville clubs in the Champions League. Granada and Levante get to go to the Europa League. And in the Europa Europa Conference League, the new competition that they're about to bring out, that's Celta Vigo and Athletic Bilbao. Um, next, we have Italy that are most affected by this. Um, the second most affected by this, anyways. Um, sorry, I was scrolling to try to find it. Uh, top four spots right now are Inter, AC Milan, Atalanta, and Juventus. Three of them are gone. So it's now Atalanta, Napoli, Lazio, and Roma. We get both Rome clubs in the Champions League. Sassuolo and Verona get Europa League. And Sampdoria and Bologna get European Conference League. Sampdoria and Bologna are 10th and 11th. But that's not the most wild one. Tom, do you know what the most wild one is? I have an idea in my mind, and I think you're about to say it. And I'm just thinking in my mind, in a couple seasons' time, we're going to have you know Norwich City, Watford, Swansea City, and European football. Hell, even two or three seasons time if Stoke City can get their act together and get get promoted can they do it on a cold wet European night in Stoke but it's their own stadium so of course they can (laughs) so as a newly minted West Ham fan I'm very excited about this because now it doesn't become a question West Ham is going to the Champions League Pretty much regardless of where they finish, because there are only six games to go, and they're not going to drop as many points, right? The four teams that are going to qualify for the Champions League out of England are third place Leicester, fourth place West Ham, eighth place Everton, and tenth place Leeds United. 11th and 12th place, Aston Villa and Wolverhampton are going to the Europa League. And 13th and 14th place, Crystal Palace and Southampton are going to the Europa Conference League. <laughs> A 14th place team is going to Europe. Well, yeah, because obviously you should reward a club for finishing that far down in their domestic league. That's just That's just a logical thing to do. Yeah, I mean, if Arsenal didn't leave... You'd make the Champions League. <laughs> if Arsenal didn't leave, they'd make the Champions League. They'd bump Leeds down to the Europa League. But no, in the one year that they could have finally done it, they had to screw themselves over, right? Arsenal's in ninth. How the heck does a ninth place team make this? I think the thing that I hate the most about all of this, outside of it being the money, is that there's no promotion and relegation into it. And that teams that do very well in their home countries are not allowed to leave. So all of the teams that are in there now are going to stay there. And anyone else that joins does it by invitation. So you're telling me that Arsenal deserves to be here forever? Because I don't. (laughs) I absolutely don't. Now, Jake, in two years' time, if it's a Bayern away day at the London Stadium... Are you sitting in the home section or the away section? I'm going to touch on that later. <laughs> Safe answer. Because I have I have a statement that I'm going to make that's very tough to make. 
the last thing that I think is the most affected out of all of this is the national teams and international competition. According to UEFA's statement, not only are the clubs banned from domestic, continental, and international competition, therefore, like, Club World Cup and the Champions League, but the players for each of these teams are also banned from all of those competitions. Whoever plays for them is out, officially, from each one of those competitions. And by that, I mean any player who is a part of one of the 12 breakaway clubs cannot play for their national team in any competition that is continental or international. So that means anyone who plays for these teams cannot compete in like the Euros or the Copa America, potentially, or for the World Cup. So what I am going to do, what I have done, I have taken the liberty of going on to Wikipedia. I took a look at what I consider the big eight national teams in world football right now, and I took a look at their most recent squads called up, and then a list of other recent players that were called up but not recently called up to their national teams. So doing this exercise operates under the assumption that if UEFA's decision is held up, then it would be held up by FIFA. And the idea could become that if FIFA holds it up, then it's not just the European teams, the European national teams that suffer. And that it will be every national team that suffers. So, allow me to go and tell you the numbers of how many players get lost from the eight biggest national teams. And for the sake of defining the big eight national teams, I've picked Argentina, Brazil, England, France, Germany, Italy, Portugal, and Spain. So, let's go ahead and see how many each team loses. And before I do that, I want to say this. I am going to read off the names of every single player that gets missed. So if you want to skip ahead, that's fine. That's totally understandable. But don't do it before I read off the numbers, right? Because the numbers are insane. Argentina loses 4, Brazil loses 15, England lose 20, France lose 15, Germany lose 7, Italy lose 15, Portugal lose 8, and Spain lose 20. All told, 104 players will not be able to take part for their national team in any competitions. Now, it's one thing to say, oh, 104 players, that's a lot, that's a huge number. But there's a difference between quantitative analysis and qualitative analysis. Because 99 is huge. Let's actually take a look at the players that are being lost, shall we? Argentina lose four. Giovanni Lo Celso, Sergio Aguero, Paulo Dybala, and Lionel Messi. Their captain. Brazil loses 15 players, both of their starting goalkeepers, Alisson and Ederson, Eder Militao, Danilo, their captain, Thiago Silva, Renan Lodi, Alex Teles, Felipe, Artur, Felipe Coutinho, Fabinho, Casemiro, Rodrigo, Gabriel Jesus, 
and Roberto Firmino. England lose 20 players. Dean Henderson, Kyle Walker, Ben Chilwell, John Stones, Harry Maguire, Kieran Trippier, Reese James, Eric Dyer, Luke Shaw, Phil Foden, Mason Mount, Captain Harry Kane, Raheem Sterling, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Bukayo Saka, Harry Winks, Jordan Henderson, Marcus Rashford, Tammy Abraham, Mason Greenwood. France lose 15. Hugo Lloris, their captain. Raphael Varane, Clement Langlais, Kurt Zuma, Ferland Mendy, Paul Pogba, Tanguy Ndombele, Adrian Rabiot, Moussa Sissoko, Thomas Lamar, Antoine Griezmann, Olivier Giroud, Osman Dembele, Antonio Martial, and N'Golo Kante. Germany lose 7. Marc-André Terstegen, Bernd Leno, Antonio Rüdiger, Kai Havertz, Kai Gundogan, Timo Werner, and Toni Kroos. Italy lose 15, Gianluigi Donnarumma, Alessandro Bastoni, Emerson. Italy also lose 15 important players. Gianluigi Donnarumma, Alessandro Bastoni, Emerson, Leonardo Benucci, their captain, Stefano Sensi, Nicolo Borrella, Federico Chiesa, Federico Benedeschi, Giorgio Chiellini, Alessio Romagnoli, Danilo D'Ambrosio, Davide Calabria, Jorginho, Sandro Tonali and Roberto Gagliardini. Portugal lose eight. Ruben Dias, Joao Cancelo, Cedric Suarez, Bruno Fernandes, Bernardo Silva, Diogo Jota, Joao Felix, and their captain Cristiano Ronaldo. And Spain lose 20. David De Gea, Eric Garcia, Sergio Ramos, their captain. Pique, Sergio Busquets, Coque, Thiago Alcantara, Rodri, Pedri, Marcos Llorente, Alvaro Morata, Ferran Torres, Kepa Aritza Balaga, Sergi Roberto, Sergio Reguillon, Hector Bellerin, Danny Carvajal, Marco Asensio, Danny Ceballos, and Ansu Fati. Ninety-nine players. But of all eight teams, seven of them lose their captains. And endless World Cup experience. Many of them winning World Cups from their time. You look at France, I mean, a majority of the players on that French team won the World Cup. Germany, you got Gundogan there. Spain, right? Sergio Ramos and Pique, I'm pretty sure we're both on the teams. I'm not sure about Pique, but my point comes across that all of these teams are losing it. Just gone by this decision, by all of these clubs. And let's emphasize, right? This is on the clubs. UEFA has to do this in order to protect their integrity and the integrity of their game as perceived as they have. But this is the only thing that they can do in response. And it might be the most important thing that they can do. And the more important thing is that the clubs are doing it to their own leagues. All but Kieran Trippier. 19 of the 20 English players getting eliminated. All but Kieran Trippier play in the Premier League. All but, I believe, Jorginho plays in Italy. Now, I have a theory. I have a theory that players will go to well-set-up teams because they're money, 
but they are much more proud to represent their national teams. And this is why I'm very glad that UEFA pulled this trigger, because they had to, because this might be the one shot they have to prevent this from happening. Is if players unanimously say, we want to play for our national teams, we want to win a World Cup, so we cannot have our clubs do this. Because we want to play for England, we want to win a World Cup for England, or France, or Germany, or whoever. And if they decide to do this, unless they leave, those people will never play for their national teams again. Tom, do you think that that might work? I, honestly, that is such a, there's so many parts of that, I don't even know. I have no idea. I don't. I just feel that everything is kind of against the players, not at their own fault, uh, and I feel terrible for them. I think that they should be able to represent both their clubs and their country as they please, without any sort of, you know, logistic or schematic consequence like is set up. Uh, and Jake, just as you were speaking uh, a few moments ago, I, I found a piece that was posted 22 minutes ago from CBS Sports, and they were quoting, quoting uh, the infamous Fabrizio Romano, and they were saying, uh, quote-unquote, from this piece, uh, so far, several of Europe's biggest teams have not officially signed onto the project, right, because we know that there's going to be several more founding members than the ones that were already announced today. Uh, and this says, according to CBS Sports insider Fabrizio Romano, both Bayern Munich and RB Leipzig are in talks with the Super League to join as permanent members, and will decide on whether to make the leap in the coming days. Uh, and then if you go to uh, Romano's Twitter page, one of the latest tweets you can see from him is just, uh, Super League founder clubs are going to receive the three point si or, excuse me, 3.5 billion euros for their infrastructure investment plans and to offset the coronavirus impact. But he adds, nothing done slash announced yet about FC Bayern, RB Leipzig, and also FC Porto joining the Super League too. This was obviously posted in the midst of us talking. Uh, so hopefully that means that Bayern is soon going to come out and release a statement in the coming days saying that they're not going to be joining, much, much like Borussia Dortmund. Uh, but Jake, I, just, I don't know if you uh, had any thoughts on that update since we've started recording because this is how quickly you know details on this are coming in. And obviously Romano is one of the best in the business. You can't deny uh, the information that he puts out there. No, of course, he's fantastic at this. If Bayern Munich chooses to do this, firstly, I doubt they'll actually go through with it or be able to. I could see Leipzig doing it, not because I think Leipzig is necessarily like a corrupt ownership or a bad like setup, but it's because they're one of four teams in Germany that don't have to answer to the 50 plus one rule in order to do it. And if anything, I think Leipzig would be like the perfect team to jump in on this because, you know, it gives them prestige. It gives them, um, it gives them like the glory that they've always wanted. So with Bayern. I would be beyond disappointed 
if Bayern decides to join this league. It would it would break me. It would break my heart. I love this team. I think the board is smart. I don't even think that if they put this to a vote that it would pass. Because for everything, and you were mentioning this too, Tom, for everything that this club has had its supporters like chastise them about, this could be the biggest, right? Because Qatar is a bad situation that they've argued about. They've argued about Dietmar Hopp, but this is like the Dietmar Hopp concept incarnate. This league. Yeah, right, Jake. Jake, as you mentioned, we have to remember our our ultras have protested the navy blue shorts from two seasons ago. Yeah, too closely resembling eighteen sixty, and few seasons back, you know, pretty much every time we're gouged for away ticket prices, our ultras make their voices heard. And you know, I think every Bayern and Bundesliga fan knows that you know these fans are in no way hesitant to voice their opinion when they want to get the point across. So here's me voicing my opinion. I thought about this for a while. If Byron breaks away, I don't know if I can be a fan of theirs anymore. I cannot support a club that supports the concept of breaking further away from football as it's meant to be which which they were proud to be a part of right i cannot support a club that does that i cannot do it with good conscience i cannot do it with good faith i would be embarrassed and i would be very sad i saw a lot of people today on twitter saying that they were going to leave their clubs if Bayern does this, I will be so disappointed that I will do the same thing. Some of you know that I have Mia San Mia tattooed on my arm. If Bayern agrees to do this, I will buy myself a membership and I will put a vote in. If it passes and they go to the Super League, I'm either covering that tattoo up or I'm getting it laser removed. Because I can't support a club that does this. If 20 years down the line this becomes the norm, then I'll be very sad. And I might end up coming around to accepting it. But now, right now, this is almost entirely based on greed and wanting to earn more money. If Bayern does this, I can't in good conscience support them as a club. I, I just I just can't do it. And that's tough. That's tough for me to say. That's tough for me to think. But it's legitimately how I feel in this moment. And the moment can pass. And it will possibly be different for me. But doing this will make me beyond disappointed and very, very sad because I thought this club would be better than this. 
I, I would really, if they did this, I would be so unbearably disappointed as a fan. And so to see the fact that Bayern hasn't put out an official statement on it, like, I'm nervous, but I don't blame the club for it. But if they do this, then my entire trust in them would be eroded. My entire faith for them would be eroded, and... I wouldn't give up on football. I don't think I would give up on football as a sport, but I don't I don't know if I could do that. I really don't know if I could support a club that did that, and it just hurts me to even think about this concept. So if anyone at Bayern is listening, please, dear Lord, do not do this. What I think a lot of clubs haven't realized is that while they see a massive money opportunity, all of their fans see it for a money grab and greed, and fans hate this, right? If you're not on Twitter, allow me to just say that within like the first 30 minutes after this announcement dropped and every team got named... I saw so many people saying that they were just going to completely choose new clubs to support because they couldn't stand by and watch their clubs do this. And I, if Bayern does it, I think I'd have to be one of them. I mean, we are at a monumental crossroads, and I think that everyone is getting caught up in the semantics and the details of the situation right now, but this is what it is, whether, um, you know, if you're uh, not as well represented fan of this Super League, which I haven't found any yet, then it's it's a crossroads. If you're like myself and Jake, for all of you listening, and you're not a fan of this, and the clubs that you support are involved in this, and it's a monumental crossroads emotionally, physically, because it can physically make you feel uh, a little bit different as it has right now for both myself and Jake, and for the footballing landscape as a whole, right? We've gone through a ridiculous year that no one would have anticipated having no football for two months no fans for the most part uh for you know over a year uh uncertain futures at times and as Bayern fans we retreated to the treble uh under Hansi Flick and you know we don't take that for granted whatsoever but you know this is this is some pretty groundbreaking stuff and I think personally for me it hasn't quite hit me yet I'm sure tomorrow when I see Liverpool suit up to go out and take on Leeds United, you know, one of the clubs I I admire and have great respect for, uh, and Marcelo Bielsa, you know, it might hit me uh, right then and there. Um, so, you know, the gravity of the situation, as grave as it is, hasn't quite hit me yet, but um, I know that a lot of people will realize how much of a, of a crossroads and a shift that we're at right now with all of the news that has come out and you know, I would just say Jake has every right to make his decision. I will have a difficult time as well myself if this does go through uh, with both Bayern and with Liverpool. But I think we should tell everybody that we would never abandon, you know, you guys, the listeners, uh, the supporters, Bayern fans, you know, everyone on the social media community. 
uh, that's something I would never leave behind and I would definitely find ways to still be involved to still interact uh, with all of you and you know I guess that's just what we should say is that we're gonna you know stand by each other you know to quote Liverpool not walk alone in this so um, definitely don't hesitate like if you guys are out there listening to this and having a difficult time don't be afraid to reach out on Twitter or something and you know kind of vent with us because that's pretty much everything that's happening there and you know we're all in this boat together as fans yeah if you if you have comments about this uh be sure to leave them there be sure to share them with us um hopefully i don't have to do this again tomorrow please please let the soon in quotation marks that fabrizio romano say is a is a quick decision for bayern to say no Please, dear God, don't make this happen. My hope is that it's all a bluff. My hope is that this is just a front. And that things will get better. That is going to wrap this up. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Uh, Be sure to like, rate, share, subscribe, and download us. Anywhere you get your quality audio content, follow Tom on Twitter at TommyAdams71. You can find me on Twitter at Jefferson Fenner. You can find our blog's Twitter account at BavarianFBWorks. Until next time, auf Wiedersehen.